Chapter Seventeen of Grace Harlowe's First Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen Christmas Plans. The month of December seemed interminably long to Grace Harlowe. Since her visit to the Southards, the longing to be at home remained with her. She hung a little calendar at the head of her bed, and every night marked off one day with an air of triumph. During the three weeks that followed their trip to New York, Overton had not been the most congenial spot in the world for Grace or Anne. Their class was a very large class, and considered itself extremely democratic. Nevertheless, the story of Anne's theatrical career was bandied about among the freshmen and passed on to the sophomores, until the truth of it was lost in the haze of fiction that surrounded it. A certain percentage of the class who knew Everett Southard's standing in the theatrical world and understood that Anne must have had the highest ability to be able to play in his company treated the girl with the deference due an artist. Then there were a number of young women who, though fond of attending the theatre, looked askance at the clever men and women whose business it was to amuse them. They approved of the theatre, but for them the footlights divided the two worlds, and they wished no trespassing of the stage folks onto their territory. Quite their opposite were the girls who were desperately stage-struck and cherished secret designs on the stage. They were extremely friendly for the sake of plying Anne with questions about her art. At first Anne's position among her classmates was rather difficult to define. After the ball which Elfreda had set in motion had rolled itself to a standstill for want of more gossip to keep it going, Grace saw with secret trepidation that despite the loyalty of a few, Anne had lost caste at Overton. "'History is repeating itself,' she remarked gloomily to Miriam, as together the two left the library one afternoon and set out for a short walk before dinner. "'Anne told me last night that the girls in her elocution class are very distant since she came back from New York. "'It's Elfreda's fault, too. How could she deliberately try to make it hard for a girl like Anne?' A slow flush mounted to Miriam's forehead. She gave Grace a peculiar look. Grace, interpreting the look, exclaimed contritely, "'Forgive me, Miriam, I wasn't thinking of you when I spoke. It seems as though I can never do enough for Anne to make up for behaving so contemptibly toward her in high school.' "'Anne had forgotten all that ages ago,' comforted Grace. "'Don't think about it again.' "'I'd like to find an opportunity for a serious talk with Alfreda,' returned Miriam. "'I think I could bring her to her senses.' "'She keeps strictly away from me. "'She knows that I wish to talk with her, too.' I wonder how she likes rooming with Virginia, or rather how Virginia likes rooming with her. She is furious with both Anne and me, declared Grace. She won't look at either of us. It seems a pity, too. She can be awfully nice when she chooses, and I had begun to feel as though she belonged with us. Here we are on the threshold of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and are at odds with at least five different girls. Miss Alden doesn't like us because Mabel Ash does. Miss Gaines disapproves of us on general principles. Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton dislike me for defending Alfreda's rights. Alfreda thinks us disloyal and deceitful. And it isn't mid-year yet. We are not what you might call social successes, are we? She concluded most bitterly. Still, we have made some staunch friends like Ruth and Mabel and Frances. Then there are the girls at Morton House and Constance Fuller, and I think the freshmen at Wayne Hall are friendly. Perhaps they are, sighed Grace. I hope I'm not growing pessimistic, but I can't help feeling that the girls in our own class are not as friendly as the upper-class girls have been. I supposed it would be just the opposite. Miriam was on the point of saying that she wished she had been wise enough to refuse to room with Alfreda, 
Then she bit her lip and remained silent. "'I'm glad I've kept up in all my work,' said Grace, after they had walked some distance in silence. "'Mother will be glad, and so will father. I've done my level best not to disappoint them, at least.' She sighed, then said abruptly, "'Have you bought all your presents yet?' "'I bought some of them in New York. I shopped as long as my money held out. Almost all the things were for the girls here. I'll have to buy my home presents in Oakdale.' "'That is just about my case,' remarked Grace. "'I sent Eleanor's almost two weeks ago, and Mabel Allison's last week, "'and I gave Miss Southard hers and her brothers with strict injunctions "'not to open them until Christmas.' "'So did I,' laughed Miriam. "'I forgot to mention it to you at the time. "'I hope I haven't left out anyone. "'I shall have to ask Mother for more money, too.' "'The few intervening days before Christmas seemed all too short to the students "'who were going home for their Christmas vacations.' Interest in study declined rapidly. Those girls who usually made brilliant recitations distinguished themselves by just scraping through, while those who were inclined to totter on the ragged edge unhesitatingly confessed themselves to be unprepared. One had, of course, to decide just what to pack, and whether to take the morning or evening train, and whether it would be worth while to take one's books home on the chance of studying a little during vacation. These were weighty problems to solve satisfactorily and coupled with the constant, have I forgot anyone's present, were sufficient to drive all idea of study to the winds. In spite of the mischief Alfreda had endeavoured to make, Grace found that she had cause enough to pay to fill in every unoccupied moment before going home. Late in the afternoon of the day before leaving Overton, she started out alone to pay two calls, going first to Morton House to say goodbye to Gertrude Wells and Arlene Thayer. Gertrude was in and welcomed her with enthusiasm, but to her disappointment, Arline was out. She spent a pleasant half an hour with the class's president. Then, looking out at the rapidly gathering twilight, she said with a start, I didn't know it was so late. I must go down to Ruth Denton's before dinner. Perhaps you'll meet Arline there, suggested Gertrude. She was going there too. She and Ruth are great friends. She was greatly disappointed to learn that Ruth had been invited somewhere else for Christmas. She had set her heart on taking her home with her. "'Considering the fact that Arlene's father has so much money, "'she is an awfully nice little girl. "'She isn't in the least snobbish or overbearing.' "'I like her immensely,' agreed Grace. "'Do you know whether Ruth accepted the invitation, Gertrude?' "'She asked suddenly. "'Arlene said she thought Ruth wanted to go with her, "'but was too loyal to the girl to even intimate any such thing,' "'replied Gertrude. Five minutes later the two students had exchanged goodbyes, and Grace was on her way to Ruth's with Gertrude's words ringing in her ears. Several weeks ago she had invited Ruth to go with her to Oakdale for the holidays. At first Ruth had demurred, then accepted with shy gratitude. The three Oakdale girls had become greatly attached to Ruth, and Anne in particular had looked forward to taking her home with them. Grace had purposely forestalled Anne in inviting Ruth, because she had decided in her mind that her facilities for entertaining were greater than Anne's. She had managed so adroitly, however, that Anne had never even dreamed of her real motive in inviting the lonely little girl. Now there was Arlene Thayer's invitation to be considered. Grace suspected that Ruth secretly worshipped dainty little Arlene. She would have rather died than admit to the girls who had been so good to her that she could find it in her heart to care more for another Overton girl than for them. I am sorry, of course, Grace murmured to herself as she hurried along through the shadows, but I am going to make her accept Arlene's invitation. She can go home with us at some other time. She rang the bell at the dingy old house where Ruth lived, was admitted by the tired-faced landlady and ran upstairs two at a time. Ruth's door stood partly open. Grace heard Arlene Thayer say regretfully, 
"'You are sure you can't go, Ruth?' Then she heard Ruth say very quietly, "'I am quite sure I can't. I promised Grace first. Without waiting to hear more, Grace walked briskly into the room, saying decisively, "'Of course she can go, Arlene.' "'Why, Grace Harlow, where did you come from?' exclaimed Arlene, her blue eyes opening wide with surprise. "'From downstairs,' laughed Grace, "'just in time, too, to make Ruth change her mind. "'Now, Ruth, tell us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. "'Wouldn't you rather go to New York City with Arlene than to Oakdale with us?' Ruth flushed. "'That isn't a fair question,' she protested. "'It isn't because I care more about going to New York than Oakdale. "'It is—' she hesitated. "'Because you care more for Arlene than for us,' finished Grace calmly. "'I understand the situation, I think. "'Your friendship for Arlene is going to be the same as mine for Anne. "'Naturally, you'd rather be with her than anyone else. "'Now, Arlene, I'll leave her in your hands. "'We wouldn't have her go to Oakdale with us if she begged on her knees to do so,' concluded Grace.' "'Grace Harlow, you're a dear,' exclaimed Arlene, catching Grace's hand in both of her warm little palms. "'I just love you. Next to Ruth, I think you are the nicest girl at Overton. Thank you a thousand times for being so nice over Ruth. Now, you simply must go,' she announced, turning to Ruth. "'I will,' answered Ruth happily. "'You don't blame me for saying so,' she asked, looking pleadingly at Grace. "'Not after having just given my official consent,' retorted Grace. "'Your penalty for deserting us is that you must come to see us at Wayne Hall tomorrow.' "'We have rich gifts for you. "'Now I must go. "'Are you going my way home?' "'No,' answered Arlene. "'I'm sorry, but Ruth and I are going to cook our own supper. "'I've been asked to help. "'We're going to have a regular feast. "'Won't you stay and help eat it? "'Ruth doesn't care who I invite,' she added saucily. "'Please stay, Grace,' begged Ruth. "'Grace shook her head. "'Not tonight. "'Invite me some other evening after the holidays. "'Good-bye, Arlene.' "'She extended her hand, "'but Arlene put both arms around Grace's neck.' "'kissing her warmly. "'I hope I can do something for you some day,' she whispered. "'After the usual good wishes for a Merry Christmas had been exchanged, "'Grace emerged from the house, "'filled with that sense of warmth and elation "'that comes from having made others happy. "'She smiled to herself as her mother's face rose before her. "'It was only a matter of hours now until she would see her. "'She could almost hear her father's voice "'and feel his hand on her shoulder in the old caressing way. "'Smiling to herself, Grace walked rapidly on toward Wayne Hall.' so rapidly, in fact, that she ran squarely against a tall girl, who, coming from the opposite direction, had apparently been travelling at the same rate of speed. The collision occurred directly under the arc light. The tall girl gave a smothered exclamation and would have rushed on, but Grace put forth a detaining hand, saying, "'Stop a moment, Alfreda. I wish to say something to you.' "'I don't wish to hear anything you have to say,' sneered Alfreda. "'Take your hand off my arm. You can't fool me twice. I know. What a hypocrite you are.' "'Grace's hand dropped to her side. "'I beg pardon,' she said formally. "'I am sorry you have such a bad opinion of me. "'I was about to say that Anne, Miriam and I "'joined in wishing you a Merry Christmas.' "'You can keep your good wishes,' snapped Alfreda. "'I don't want them.' "'With that she turned on her heel "'and walked angrily away from Grace and reconciliation.' End of chapter 17